This is the USACE 8, 8 Minutes with an Army Aviation Subject Matter Expert. Let's fly with the topic, the Army Aviation Warrant Officer. Chief Warrant Officer 5, Steve Donahue, Organization and Personnel Force Development Directorate, better known as the Aviation Proponent. I'm Chief Warrant Officer 5, Stephen Napoli. I'm the Department Head for International Strategic Studies at the Warrant Officer Career College. Chief Warrant Officer 5, Carl Metz. I'm the Director for the Advanced Warfighting Skills. Chief Warrant Officer 4, Christian Ramirez. Officer Training Branch uh, works in the Directorate of Training and Doctrine. Chief Warrant Officer 5, Mike Lewis, Command Chief Warrant Officer of the Aviation Branch. How have the roles and responsibilities of the Warrant Officer Corps changed, and how is this reflected in doctrine? This is CW5 Napoli. The definition of Warrant Officer hasn't changed lately, so really the roles and responsibilities remain the same. So that definition being the Army Warrant Officer is a self-aware and adaptive technical expert, combat leader, trainer, and advisor. So while the doctrine and the combat arena has been updated, improved over the years. That role and responsibility doctrine piece for warrant officers has not. CW5 Donahue, I believe there's value in emphasizing the constant that Mr. Napoli just said, that our warrant officers epitomize the depth, knowledge, skill, and unique talent that is essential to aviation employment. What has gone through and changed is advancements in systems, and that has transitioned to our warrant officers must now go through and balance their legacy roles and responsibilities, as well as being system managers. Some other changes go through and include the aviation uh, creation of new skills. They go through and include our 150 Alpha air traffic and airspace management, as well as 150 Uniform, tactical unmanned aircraft systems operators, as well as the new codified or formalized role of the Command Chief Warrant Officer, which is not only a voice up and out of our formations, but also down and in. They're the mentor, the develop, the primary mentor and development of our warrant officers, taking care of them, and more importantly, the third person of the command team. What was the driver for this change, and is the doctrine settled, or is it continuing to evolve? CW5 Mets, I had the privilege of attending a pilot's call, pilot's brief uh, with the Air Force for some joint F-16, A-10 uh, squadrons, and this is in 2013. All they spoke about for the entire pilot's brief was the next fight the next war, the next threat. We were very heavy in Afghanistan in that operational environment for a counterinsurgency fight. And we had sometimes two cabs on station with multiple cabs in reserve preparing for th that fight in the counter counterinsurgency role. We got behind, all right? Uh, and that's just the simple truth. And so the doctrine has to evolve. It must evolve with the next operational environment and it must involve, evolve with the, uh, with the oncoming threat. CB4 Ramirez. To echo what Mr. Metz is saying, not only are our forces changing uh, within the United States, our adversaries are also changing. And as the adversaries change, we will need to evolve and change as well with our doctrine and our tactics. Otherwise, we will get left behind as a force. From a mill-ed PME perspective, how is this change implemented? CW5, Lewis, the, the most significant change we have implemented is the filling of the knowledge gap for our aviation warfighters. So CW5, Carl Metz, and his team of experienced warfighters have developed and are conducting the Advanced Warfighting Skills course, the AWS. And we have shifted from the traditional nine-week advanced course, which focused traditionally on staff integration, military decision-making process, or the MDMP process, research and briefings. And this was good training, but premature for our W-2s and W-3s who returned to the company or platoon level duties. So AWS shifts from broadening to deepening. It's a four-week model designed for our new CW-2s who have just made or are about to make pilot in command. This course is a deep dive into enhancing advanced technical and tactical aviation warfighting skills. 
And I also like to think of it as a language course as well. The language is doctrine, and doctrine is the language of war fighting. And our aviators need to be fluent in this language if we are going to fight and thrive in this next fight. CW5 Mets. Yes, sir. Uh, absolutely. The end state of AWS, develop an aviation warrant officer with advanced knowledge and skill, capable of joint integration, maneuver, lethality, and survivability at the platoon and company level in large-scale combat operational environments. And Mr. Lewis, again, the same goes for our newly developed uh, WILE follow-on course. It's the same tactical and technical focus that we've developed, but it's directed towards our senior W3s and W4s at the battalion and brigade level. For warrant officers educated under the previous educational model, what can they expect to see from new warrant officers as they arrive on the line? CW5, Donahue. What a great question. Though basic level experts, today's new aviation warrant officers possess a foundation of depth and relevance. They defrag the hard drive, They've applied an aviation warfighting initiative. They're well-rounded and they understand why as well as how. They possess the ability to apply and correlate their profession, specifically when it comes to what Mr. Metz emphasized, aviation integration, maneuver, lethality, survivability, and sustainment. For soldiers considering a warrant officer career, what do they need to know? CW5 Donahue, I believe what's incredibly important is the foundation of always being a leader, soldier, and the technical and tactical experts that remain the continuity of our aviation employment. This is CW5 Napoli. I couldn't agree more with Steve Donahue. Uh, on that definition of warrant officers, I think it's important for us to uh, maintain the integrity of that definition, but focusing in on two things, being self-aware so we can capitalize on our strengths and fix ourselves when we're a little bit weak, uh, and also remember that we are a combat leader. And when we're combat leaders, then we are combat multipliers. And that's important to remember what we do and why we do it. CW5 Mets, yes, sir. I couldn't agree more. What I would want them to understand is that the aviation warrant officer encompasses 75% of the enterprise. That is 75% of all pilots are warrant officers. That's significant. It's huge. It's very important. And it's something for everyone to marinate on, especially if they are looking at uh, considering becoming an aviation warrant officer. CB4 Ramirez, I would say don't lose your experiences in life or, or in the Army. Uh, you need to be an adaptive individual if you want to become a warrant officer. And uh, life experiences are going to help you become adaptive. And I would just say that you need to go ahead and, and rely on those at some point uh, when you become a new warrant officer. CB5 Mike Lewis, uh, I think the most important thing to realize is the reason we exist, the aviation branch. Our ground forces consist of the finest sons and daughters America has to offer. They are the very best, and we are here for them. So if you want to be one of us, you need to be prepared to be above the best. Thank you for listening to this episode of the USACE 8.